Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Take It or Leave It. Recently on this podcast, we have been uncovering the truth about lying, specifically advanced lies. So we've been discussing not just those lies that are 100% false, right? Uh, Whenever lies uh, occur, sometimes the answer is yes and we say no. That's a lie. That's a very clear lie. However, There's another layer to lies where they are extra deceptive because a large part of the information that you are sharing or you are allowing someone to believe is true. And then you sprinkle in your false information, allowing for that deception, right? Specifically, I want to talk about another layer of lying, which is flattery. And flattery is mentioned in the Bible and in your Strong's Concordance, you will see that To flatter is to be smooth, to separate, to divide, to deceive, to entice, to persuade. And if you combine that with what you may find in your standard Webster's Dictionary, it's an insincere praise, flattery. So is flattery a lie? Yes, it is. Because there is an intent for self-gain there. What other reason do you have to flatter somebody to enlarge their ego, to smooth talk them if you are not looking for self-gain? Whether it's just to win them, to get them to like you, it is deceiving and it is lying. And we don't just flatter people. We could flatter God too. Now God is all-knowing. He's all-seeing. He sees your heart. He's not fooled by flattery, but he is angered and enraged by it and I want to share an example uh, in Psalms I'll start in chapter 78 36 this is God reacting to rebellious Israel so I'm going to start in I'm actually going to start in verse 30 and it says uh, they were not deprived of their craving but while their food was still in their mouths the wrath of God came against them so I want to give some background here because we can't just jump in to that without understanding. So God was speaking to rebellious Israel who was almost challenging God like, "Oh, can he bring us food? They were in the wilderness. Can he do that? Can they can he do this?" And God heard them and was enraged. So what he did was he literally rained down food and bread and meats to them, for he gave them their own desire. Verse 30, they were not deprived of their craving, but while their food was still in their mouths. So the Israelites, they were feasting, right? They were having these wonderful foods, which they asked for, rain down on them. And the food was still in their mouths. They were still eating. The wrath of God came against them and slew the stoutest of them and struck down the choice men of Israel. So while they were still eating, God struck down, he killed the strongest men of Israel. In spite of this, they still sinned. So could you imagine, first of all, can you imagine food raining down for you to eat? Is that not a marvel and on its own? But not only that, while they were eating, they saw their strongest men be struck down and still they sinned. This is how rebellious these people were. 
and they did not believe in his wondrous works. So they didn't believe in God's wondrous works. Therefore, their day, therefore, their days he consumed in futility and their years in fear. So these people lived in fear because God's wrath was evident in their lives. When he slew them, then they sought him and they returned and sought earnestly for God. Then they remembered that God was their rock and the most high God, their redeemer. Verse 36, nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth. Okay, so is it possible to flatter God? Yes, nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth and they lied to him with their tongue for their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. Now, recently, we also talked about being double-minded. This is a good example. You're saying something with your mouth. I'm going to flatter you with my mouth. However, my heart's in a different place because I'm double-minded. These people were double-minded for their heart was not steadfast with him. But he being full of compassion forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a breath that passes away and does not come again. So can we flatter God? Yes, we can. God hates flattery. Look what he did to the Israelis. Another example in the Bible about flattery is Job in chapter 32, 21. Now Job hated flattery. He even said, let me not, I pray, show partiality to anyone, nor let me flatter any man. For I do not know how to flatter, else my maker would soon take me away. So Job is saying, if I flatter, I should expect to be taken away, right? Who's my maker? That's God. He understood that God hated flattery. So when we flatter somebody, what are we really doing? So for one, this is a form of witchcraft. And I want to remind you of Galatians 5, when it speaks of the works of the flesh, which are evident. So you and I are in the flesh. Unless we have the Holy Spirit, we are capable of these things. Uh, however, whenever we seriously repent and when the Holy Spirit is indwelling in us, we can resist these things. I want to remind you of chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, it speaks of the things of, that are evident in the flesh. So, for example, that is adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery. Boom. There we go. Selfish ambitions. What's that? Self-gain. Works for yourself. These are works of the flesh. So, lies are self-gain. Uh, flattery is for self-gain, right? It's a form of sorcery. You are literally... You are literally opening up a person to divide them from themselves. Remember in our Strong's Concordance, to flatter was to divide. It was to divide. So are, what are you dividing? Words? No, you're dividing people. You're literally dividing them against themselves so that they see themselves as a different version. You're manipulating them so that they begin to see themselves in the way that you want them to see themselves for your own selfish agenda. Whenever we flatter someone, we're literally giving demons a home, a place where they feel welcomed. We impact our children even. That's in Job 17, verse 5. He who speaks flattery to his friends, even the eyes of his children will fail. So the way that we act on earth today affects our future generation. That's evident here from what Job shares. That's why we hear a lot of children are a product of their parents, and that's true not solely because of how they are raised, but how those parents live their lives. Truly, it's how you live your lives. And this is a good example. If you want to flatter your friends, 
you are going to bring hardships on your children. They're going to fail. And also, whenever we flatter people, we pronounce ourselves guilty. So in Psalms 5, verse 9, it says, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteous ways because of my enemies. And this is David, by the way. Make your way straight before my face, for there is no faithfulness in their mouths. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. Pronounce them guilty, O Lord. So David is praying to the Lord. Lord, pronounce those who flatter guilty. Their throat is an open tomb. Oh, what an insult. An open tomb. Their inward part is destruction. They flatter with their tongue. It doesn't get much clearer than this. How destructive flattery is. How it is that we can deceive somebody. And how we can even flatter God in the destruction we bring our own lives. There's other examples in the Bible as well. So in speaking of flattery, we want to make sure that we can discern it as well. And I want to touch upon an example that we did talk about in a previous podcast, but it certainly makes sense here to revisit, to fully understand it from all angles. I'm going to read Acts chapter 16, verse 16. And it says, Now it happened as we went to prayer, who, Paul and Silas, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling the girl followed paul in us and cried out saying these men are the servants of the most high god who proclaim to us the way of salvation and this she did for many days so what is she doing she's telling the truth these men are the servants of the most high god they were and they proclaim us the way of salvation that was true this girl possessed with a demon was yelling the truth for several days why why is she saying these great things right it's it's an honor to be to be servants of the most high god are you kidding why is she saying these if she is filled with the spirit of divination right she speaks with demons she she tells uh fortunes right it's sorcery it's witchcraft Yet she told the truth for several days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. So why did this spirit begin to cry out from this girl? It's a form of flattery. So this spirit cried out these true things, right? Let me flatter these men. Let me let me tell the truth because these people who hear me, they're going to want to come to me, right? It's profit. It's profit. But also, I believe this spirit wanted Paul. Paul's baptized with the Holy Spirit. He can discern. Wanted Paul to like him so Paul doesn't cast him out. So he flattered him, flattered him. Like me, like me. I'm telling the truth. I'm helping you. I'm helping you. We're friends. We're friends. Look what I'm saying. It's true. But Paul was so annoyed, he literally commanded that spirit out in the name of Jesus, right? And the spirit came out. A form of flattery there at its finest. But again, Paul needed to act in wisdom. He needed to see in the spirit and truly discern and be so, so sensitive to what was going on or else he would be deceived, right? He would be led to destruction. And I want to share a personal testimony of mine. You know, I was once a victim of flattery. Uh, another woman's witchcraft, right? Her her manipulation, her lies was able to divide me from myself. And I can see that clearly now, looking back several years ago, when the situation was happening in real time. 
Uh, but this woman was always telling me how beautiful I was, how great my skin was. I had great hair. I'm so good at everything that I do. And I didn't realize that while she was enlarging my ego, she was weaving lies throughout my family into myself, creating this divide. And she actually convinced my own father and brother that I was gossiping about them when it wasn't true. And even before that, she convinced me that I was kicked out of my house and then convinced my very own father that I left. Those are lies. Those are lies. And I couldn't even see it or put it together because she had always been so sweet with me. Uh, a smooth talker. We learned earlier that to flatter is to smooth things over, right? To be smooth. And she did that. She did that. I, it took me uh, about a year and a half to be able to see through her and to get that understanding from the Lord of what was really going on. All because of flattery. I lost out of seven years with my family. She built such elaborate stories that ended up causing me uh, to lose out on this very important family time and at the time i was 17 and i didn't come back into the lives of my family until i was 24 25 and it's witchcraft it's witchcraft she needed to lie for her own self-gain her attention money um she she needed her own time she needed to ensure that she could operate in the way that she wanted to operate and that i wasn't around right there there was this divide even so much so that even when i was out of the house she gave me money she paid for my internet uh she met me for dinner she took me shopping she still made me feel like nothing had changed even though her plan was executed so flawlessly. I wasn't even living at home. I didn't have a relationship with the people she wanted me to have a relationship with. And yet she still did all these things to me. Why? To flatter me, right? To deceive me, right? She had her own agenda and it happens. It happens to other people other than me. I'm sure you have your own example of a time you may have been flattered or maybe you flattered somebody. I'm sure I have at some point right? Over-exaggerating how wonderful something tastes. Oh, I love your outfit when you don't. That's a form of flattery and it is a sin. It really is. So how do you stop? How do you stop flattering people? So when we operate in lies, we operate with the agenda of the devil. You cannot just pray that you stop lying. That's not how that works. You don't just pray that you stop lying. No one can uh, force you to stop lying except for yourself. You must resist the lie. You must control your mouth. Nobody can come up to you and lay hands on you and say, I rebuke your lying self. Because that's yourself. That's flesh. You cannot rebuke the flesh, right? We must be the one to die to ourselves. We must take the step. We must act. But you can pray for more awareness to what you say while also actively moving in awareness and sensitivity, right? We want to make sure that we aren't flattering people, right? Or as Job said, you know, the Lord will take us away, right? When we operate in that mindset, knowing that we're going to upset the Lord so much, whenever we do these things, whenever we say these things, when we deceive people, manipulate them, it's witchcraft. Let's walk in awareness and sensitivity from the Holy Spirit. You cannot, again, you cannot just simply lay hands and expect God to change your character or else we would all do that and this world wouldn't be so awful today. We need the Holy Spirit. You must believe unto righteousness. That's what the Bible says. You'll hear, we just have to believe and that's all. But that implies that we can know that God died for us, but just uh, believe that and know that and then continue to live your life. And that's not true. 
And by continue to live your life, I mean continue to sin, God forgives you anyway, but that's not true, right? That's a lie. That's a lie that the enemy wants to be preached from the pulpit on your Sunday, on the Sabbath. That's what the enemy wants, and that's what he's doing. He's infiltrated the church, and he is smooth-talking everybody, right? And it's up to us to really discern this and see this. We must be zealous and repent. We must be zealous and repent. What does that mean? Be serious about change. There is a one-time repentance. There's a one-time repentance. And it's when we are serious. I want to encourage you to really evaluate yourself. And I'm going to evaluate myself. And as I say these words, I'm also speaking in a mirror. This is take it or leave it. So you either are going to take what I say and you're going to implement it into your life and really meditate on the the verses that I share and the things that I say because God said them. But I want to remind you that we all have a calling. We all must repent. Every single person must repent if you want to see heaven. If you want to see heaven, if you want to spend eternity with Jesus, you must repent. Change your mind today. What's stopping you? What's stopping you? I want to remind you all, it doesn't matter what man says to you, whether they're flattering you, whether they're insulting you. It doesn't matter. What matters is who we are in Christ. And we are called out of the darkness to be ambassadors of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says, Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. For God made Jesus. He, he knew no sin. He was 100% man, 100% God, but he was sin for us when he was crucified on that cross, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Today, we must rise up. We need to restore the hearts of the people. We need to be true witnesses of Christ, ambassadors of Christ. The eyes must be open to things like this, these small details that aren't being preached. Yes, God is love. God loves us in a way which I don't know that I will be able to fully comprehend. Maybe one day. And it's good to preach that, but there are other things that need to happen. There are other messes that need cleaned up. We need cleansed and we need to hear these things. So I hope you learned something today. This is shared with the love of the Lord. I'm not here to flatter you. I'm here to set you up for success. I'm here to call out the things that aren't being preached enough. I'm here to call out these problems in the world that not many people are paying attention to. There's still time to choose God. There's still time to change the way that we act. There's still time to be sensitive, right? Careful with how we step. And it's going to start with that repentance. Amen. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.